Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science. With beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Smashbox TV's podcast 389. Terry Miller, the disc golf guy, alongside Johnny V., I'm just happy we're both here, you know? <laughs> that makes one of us. <laughs> As a generality, <laughs> oh, okay. Uh we've uh we've heard of some some disc golfers that maybe almost weren't with us yes. for a while. Um for those of you that don't know, there's nothing but good news today that we've we've heard. Um Johnny McCrae, for those of you that don't know, on sa- uh Saturday afternoon had was rushed to the hospital. Uh, with some chest pains, and when he got there, and I believe this is according to Jen, his wife, um, they apparently had, as they say, they he was without a heartbeat for about three minutes, and so thankfully he was at the hospital when that happened, and that's there's no better place to be if your heart's going to stop <laughs> than the hospital, so they were able to continue the blood flow, do all the chest compressions, get him back stabilized, then get him in for a uh, what turned out to be a triple bypass surgery today note is that johnny is up and walking around uh, he's going to be at the hospital another day or two yet and uh not to be outdone these old guys they like to one-up each other yeah. <laughs> jim oates your uh former co-commentator back in the day oh, that i mean that hardly limits us i've had so that, many that's true but jim was one of the earliest back in the uh 2008 2009 time frame That's, but yeah. yes jim also unfortunately suffering uh from some complications as well with his heart and uh and he, he had said, a quadruple bypass one up and johnny oh, man well, which I, is, that's not the one upping you want to yeah. be doing I so which think. would you rather take a three or a four i i, <laughs> I don't know I'm, I'm just as you said i am just glad that from what the updates are that we've seen that both gentlemen on the mend yes. uh seeing 
both of their significant others, uh, making some updates, giving the world um, some, what we were saying is some good news considering the situation. So, of course, nothing but love and thoughts and prayers uh, for everyone. Um, There's some fundraisers out there for Johnny McRae. Yeah. If you're interested, you can just search on Facebook or the Internet. I'm sure you can find them. DD's has one for a mm-hmm. specific type of lucid something or other disc. I honestly don't know. Um, but, yes, you can go out and find them for uh, if you'd like to help support Johnny. And I don't think Jim Oates has anything like that at the currently, but just keep an eye out in just case anything pops up. Uh, the other good news that we saw come in uh, just today was from one Simon Lazat. Yes. Simon uh, and his fiance. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay. We'll <laughs> just, I, just making sure. Um, uh, it's hard to keep track. His baby mama. His baby mama. <laughs> <laughs> Natalia. 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 Yes. Uh, yes. They uh, brought Emmett into the world today. Yes. So we didn't lose any golfers and we gained one. So yes. <laughs> net positive for the disc golf community. So congratulations to Simon and Natalia. Um, it is. Uh, we're excited. Excited to see what it is. And that means Simon's going to be off the disc golf market for a while playing any tournaments he'll uh the plan always was probably to start up the tour his tour in late march early april ish around then so just kind of keep an eye out for simon uh you can follow him on instagram and see all the cute little baby pictures he's going to be posting now yes of course congratulations to them and then we are just a few days away of course, we're going to talk a little bit tonight about the All-Star Weekend that is uh, coming up, taking place down there in Tucson, Arizona. Uh, a lot of people were thinking that I was going to be down there myself as I've visited now Arizona, <laughs> I think, three or four times in the last two or three months. No, I did not just extend my stay as much as that would have been a great idea. Uh, I'm going to be traveling to Bend, Oregon tomorrow to hook up with Nate and Val, where we'll be doing the commentary remotely from over there at Bevel and the studios in Bend. But we've got a great crew on uh, on site that's going to be taking care of things. There's going to be skills challenges, drafting that takes place. That's going to be happening on Thursday night. We see skills challenges on Friday, and then we see some, we'll say, traditional golf that's going to unfold on both Saturday and Sunday. Looking forward to all of it, and uh, the players will have some obligations with uh, media obligations. I think we're going to probably have some, you know, some video shoots and some photography and all those types of things that will also get integrated into this All Star Weekend, and naturally, uh, lots of excitement uh, brewing for this weekend's upcoming festivities. Brewing, as in you going out to Bend to hang out at the brewery? Uh, I mean, if I have to visit, I'd like to think of myself as a as a volunteer consultant when I go in to check in okay. at Bevel. And, uh, you know, I just like to occasionally give give a little bit of feedback and make sure that, you know, their, their, their food pot outside is doing well. I like to check in on that. And then, of course, I have to stop by the, uh, the tap room from time to time. If you're forced. Uh, yes, yes. It's all, it's all part of the job, people. It's all part of the job. So, uh, and also our featured guest tonight, uh, one of the greatest of all time, and we're going to elaborate on that. Uh, we're going to have Des Redding. She's going to be joining us in just a few moments. She's got some exciting news. We've seen uh, a few, I'll say, life changes that have uh, been released and announced in the last few months. So very exciting. And we'll get the entire scoop from what's taking place down there in Texas and beyond uh, with Des Redding. And like I said, I think she's going to be joining us any moment now. So um, 
yeah, lots of things. It feels like it's heating up literally in Wisconsin. We've, I think last For week now. at this time, we were uh, around zero or negative something or other. Today, it got as warm as 44 degrees. Was it that and, warm today? Yeah, it was. Wow. And uh, it, it definitely felt like it. Um, it just, to me, got me thinking like, okay, I'm going to be leaving for the weekend and, and hopefully people can enjoy. But this last weekend, we, a couple of our friends played in a golf tournament and uh, Sunday, much warmer than Saturday here locally, uh, as they retreated to some very, very frigid below zero wind chills and temperatures Saturday afternoon. And then uh, Sunday's amateurs had a better go at it. But who cares about all of that when you've got action taking place overseas and around the rest of the world? A place where I, I'm not going to lie, I wish I was there. The Samui Swine Classic took place, and Johnny, did you see any of the results or any of the details? I mean, if you didn't catch the Facebook Live that they provided, uh, give us just give us the quick winner. Uh, you're looking at the AM side. We'll talk about all that later. That's fine. There's an AM and a Pro side, but what's important now, we'll get to that. What's important now is our three-time world champ, along with all the other accolades, we're going to welcome to the show, Des Redding. Hey, Des. Hey. Hi, Des. Hi, Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello. I mean, we always kind of just briefly chatter about the weather that we're experiencing here. Uh, where are you at and uh, what's what's going on down there? What are you guys experiencing? Let's see. I'm at home. So I'm in uh, kind of hill country, Texas, and we just snapped out of just a little cold spell. But I mean, hardly anything. You know, the, the great perils of our winter storm came last year. And so we got to recap and relive all of that. But uh yeah, we lit a fireplace for the last three days, and it was beautiful. I went out and putted and practiced and threw and didn't need much but a windbreaker. So it's sunny. It's lovely. <laughs> it sounds like it. <laughs> so let's let's get right into it. We, you know, we had a... Um, a press release, I, I feel like a few weeks ago, I don't know if it's already been that long, but a, there was a press release. We were talked to, uh, talking about your sponsorship um, in, in the ways that you're moving forward with your disc golf career and what that's going to mean for the season. So let's start there. Let's get fully caught up. Uh, what was the big news that we were all uh, discussing a couple couple weeks ago? When was that? A mo- two months ago, so a month ago, I've kind of I fell right into that whole flux of when everyone was having the end of the year turnover. In, okay, uh, let's see. Right before I left to go to Iowa for Christmas, we were probably like everyone else: Are we going? Um, you couldn't get tests to see if you were going to get, you know, COVID on the way up. And so, um, yeah, I inked the deal with Mint Dis from Austin, Texas, and. Zach Jensen and Guy Boyan came down actually to my house and we were able to play a fun round, um, do a signing and uh, send me off with some great discs for Christmas gifts uh, going up to Iowa. And so that was probably, you know, that's right around that December 22nd or so. And so I think that was when that press release and then I had a birthday and then, you know, all the things have happened in January. I mean, it's been a quick turnaround since then. So you're, you're, and you're still 29? Right. Close. Okay. Okay. Close. okay. Good. Um, so, yes, yeah, certainly exciting stuff. But you had your career. Uh, obviously, you were playing golf in in Iowa, and you started traveling around. I I know a lot of your golf was here in Wisconsin. Some of your more competitive beginnings, at least, were here in Wisconsin and our Wisconsin tour. Uh, for decades, uh, Innova has uh, been a supporter of yours. And to see you going in a different direction, uh, just to be blunt, was kind of shocking to some. 
Um, it was me. Okay. To be able, you know, consider moving into a different direction. So, yeah, I mean, I can, I can understand that. Um, uh, it's very shocking, exciting. What do you want to know? What did, where did the conversation start? Uh, with mint because i i feel like when i when i would think about you and there's a number of players you think oh yeah they're with that company like you just don't even bat an eye and you wouldn't even think of maybe either asking or pursuing or even inquiring in any way i think of local barry schultz who who would ever walk up to barry and be like oh how you doing over there you may be thinking about <laughs> yeah let's talk about other sponsors you know it just isn't a conversation you would think to have um but at some point that conversation came about what was the yeah, how did that come about? So in September, I resigned from the PDGA position as youth and education manager. And when I took that position, that is when I uh, took away or I relinquished my Innova sponsorship because those are the guidelines of being an employee of the PDGA. Uh, kind of unlike the board who still gets to keep their sponsors. And that's why you'll see some sponsored players on the board. It's a volunteer position. If you're an employee of the PDGA, then you do give up your sponsorships if you have any attachments. And so I willingly did that. Innova completely did me a solid, kept me on the all-star team and uh, on the website. And, you know, I'm family, totally family with Innova. And when I came back in September, October, I would agree with what your statement was. I pretty much didn't put myself on the table. I would say manufacturers probably thought I was off the table um, for new sponsors. But uh, Texas has a real family scene. I mean, that's why we moved down to be a better player in, you know, 2001. And uh, the word got out that, you know, Des really isn't sponsored by Innova currently. And uh, Mint had enough, um, they had enough, faith in themselves and they had enough uh i don't even know if audacity is not even the word but they had enough uh, big shoes that they said hey you know we would like to have des on our team and they started to just send signals that they were interested and that kind of prompted the ball rolling and everyone else is moving positions especially female competitors are moving around into the um, mix and i've had a long and i've had a fruitful and a to mount, I don't even know, a fruitful and a harried relationship with Innova throughout my career. I mean, we see Valerie Jenkins left. We've never seen a signature series disc for any of the other world champions that Innova's had. So, you know, all of these factors start playing in when you hit a point in time and I was back on the table and Mitt was interested and I, it made it interesting for me. Yeah. And, and maybe elaborate, you, you know, you talk about the uh, the family-like atmosphere and uh, the feels, I would assume, that go along with that. Talk a little bit about Mint and their history. I know we had Guy on. It was a couple years now already, so we should we should certainly reconnect. But talk a little bit about uh, some of the conversations and and w- the vibe you get from Mint uh, that, that made it sound so appealing. Yeah, so um, it's easy. When I first moved down here, um, it's kind of, it's a really interesting circle for the fact that uh, we landed around the hill country, almost where we're at right now um, in San Marcos at the college was, it was Southwest Texas at the time. And now it's Texas state, but they had a course. Uh, we came into the area and it was the course that we got to play. So we befriended the local college kids that were there. There were some other outside of college. We were just kind of graduating from college when we moved down here and we helped save that course. 
you know, years later, Zach would go to school there. That course inspired him to get into disc golf. I've known Guy since 2005 when he was really big into playing the Hot Tour from the Justices, which is a, even a spinoff from the <laughs> Texas 10, where mm -hmm. Chris Heining actually had one of the original pro tour circuits. You know, it had big sponsors, it had big media and big press for the early 2000s. And so both of Zach and Guy have always been in the disc golf scene and um, it just was a natural fit. And I always had t kept track of them. I mean, they're just right up the alley. So in 2015, they were like, let's get into disc golf. 2017, the Alpha Driver came out and um, just being really interested in friends and the, the scene that we have here in Texas, I checked out the Alpha and it is a fantastic opening disc. I mean, you, we see a lot of opening discs for manufacturers that are maybe a little subpar, but uh, the Alpha was spot on. It was a great fairway driver to begin with. And then from there, their lineup is just beautiful. It's um, right into the wheelhouse of what it takes to be a good disc golfer. It also is beginner friendly. So it's got a really great mix uh, mix of opportunities, opportunities and discs and opportunities with the company. And again, it's it's not a name that we see. It's obviously there's going to be some regionality to it. So I, I believe that Texas is very familiar with what's going on with men, and as are other parts of the country. But Texas, it's I, I always liken it to you know you go to Southern California and everybody knows about every legacy disc, and obviously that's continuing to sprawl, and it's probably done the same in Texas. So uh, how much has their line expanded? Are they up to about is it a, almost a dozen discs? I should get actually, you know, that's a great question. I don't know the actual count. <laughs> okay. I can say that I don't need any other disc besides mint in my bag. Um, okay. In the couple th of the that's where I was going to kind of go with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been using my Desreading Stingray, but um, really I, I'm not even needing that, but it is a nice, comfortable disc for me to always have in my bag currently. And I love to keep it in the family and keep a Yeti AVR in there. Um, <laughs> even if it comes down to just being my good luck charm, which he has been for 25 years. So, I mean, I might just, you'd be a pack mule and haul that around for a while. <laughs> now I mean, we just don't need anything else right now. And that is super exciting. And I've been contending they're lovely. I mean, they are just beautiful plastics. And I was just going to ask what, so how many, when it's all said and done, how many molds do, are you bagging that, uh, that you're going out there and getting the work done with? See, I've got the Freetail, which is a kind of a flippier, understable driver. Uh, the Jackalope is a nice fairway driver. The Alpha is a overstable fairway driver for me, and the Mustang and the Bullets. And it's okay. really, you know, all you need. I think if you'd look at any top pros, you know, we all have about like six or seven models, and then you just have different variances of those. And I've had a really great scene. A lot of people are hooking me up with some different discs, maybe of different wearing periods uh, that they think I might need. So I'm, I'm styling like that. Yeah, and I was going to say in the last couple of weeks, we've had Madison Walker, we've had Katrina Allen, who have been switching sponsors. And, you know, just in complete fairness to the world, we've we've heard and seen discs and the availability is still tough for everybody to ramp up and to be at full production or full inventory of and so you're seeing people reach out and saying, hey, I could use, like you just said, a worn in this or a, a slightly beat that. You know, they might be able to give you brand new ones, but being able to uh, find them, we're doing a little crowdsourcing of sorts. Um, so it sounds like you've got a great 
just outpouring of people that are willing to, you know, hand you something and say, hey, try this. Or if this isn't beat up, you know, try that one. Is is that kind of how it's been going? Uh, so far, actually, I've got a lot of just new discs. So I okay. really haven't need, you know, needed any of the beat up ones right now. Um, they're so juicy right out of the bag that uh, everything's been working. I mean, I mean, look at these beautiful details. <laughs> desk. Move it over, yeah. No, move it over just a little bit the other way so we can see it better. Yeah, in front of your face. Yeah, there There you go. go. Yeah. Oh wow. Look at the alphas. These are fantastic. This Mustang. This is. They're just. They're really, really good discs. They're all sorts of different. Same thing. Different plastics. So this is going to be the Eternal plastic. Is a really good. middle of the road um not quite overstable not quite understable and the pretty swirlies of the sublimes are more of their beginner friendly understable discs so the plastics are spot on and i'm using about all of the different ones depending on where it's needing you know needed i'm I'm looking at the lineup here on the on the mint website which if anyone wants to go it's mintdiscs.com they are very texas themed Honestly, you got yes. the bobcat, the bullet, the free tail, the goat, which is our new one we'll talk about in a minute, the jackalope, the longhorn, the mustang. The the prophet's the only one I'm not sure about. I'm not exactly well, – because we'll figure that one out. I'm sure there has something Texas-related to it that I Nothing to do know. with the cult or anything in Texas? No, or, no, or no, no, nothing None like of those. No, okay, okay. This is section. What's a prophet? Succession. <laughs> uh, I, I will give the shout-out because it's actually one of my favorite courses to play down here, and it is uh, – David Moody's Moody's Disc Golf mm. Ranch, and it has a bunch of different uh, configurations. So the profit comes from one of them, which is the estimated profit, a Grateful Dead song, and Moody's uh, plays. Like, you know, I think the tour has played there in the past when they've come through. I definitely know the. Gosh, was it Pete Wingards or the Dolphin that got stuck in the uh, <laughs> gate? <laughs> it's been a long time. But one of those guys got stuck in the gate a long time ago. It was sugar shacks. I'm not quite for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, so I was going to say any one of those. Yeah, sounds about right. None of it surprises me. <laughs> yeah, the, the profit is from one of our favorite courses that we're playing down here. Okay. 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 So it's tying it all together. All right. So hey, that that's what's been happening. What what is the? I know you just said they fly really great, and you're using new ones. And I guess it sounds safe to say you're you're fully acclimated, adjusted and like ready to go with these discs you said everything you need you have right now so i i say it every I've single seen week some of the videos she yeah. looks like she's ready i say it every week yeah you, you are you are relinquishing your um your period of excuses like there's you're ready like there's not going to be like two weeks in or two months in like oh i'm just not quite used to these you're saying i don't need that time i'm i'm it's go time i'm ready now I am saying my bag is full of mint plastic. Okay. Okay. Um, I am actually throwing them really good, though. I okay. need to get out courses more. Um, right now, I'm doing a lot of field work. So when I did play a really casual team event, um, I I needed to throw more courses. So I can say it, I need to put that into my training repertoire. So no, if I was to go hit a course right now, it I'm not quite for sure. But I can tell you in field work and when I'm hitting my marks out at different trees, I'm not missing too often. Okay, so let's talk about that. This year, what what does golf look like for you, your schedule, your commitments? Where are you at, and how are you feeling? 
I'm feeling great. Um, I'm working out every day. When I gave up the position for the PDJ, um, Jay has picked up a, pretty much all of the slack currently in our relationship, and it's freed me to uh, really explore the Mint sponsorship and take, you know, the Pro Tour is hot, and I know where I'm at in my athletic career. What a great opportunity to see this uh, upward spike in the disc golf pro tour and especially because you guys are in that same situation we were all there at that grassroots level of the nt you know firing that act up so i'm excited to be almost on that rainbow spectrum of from the beginning you know i'm hoping it's not in the end i'm hitting the apex and we just keep shooting off and maybe doing a double rainbow and so <laughs> um i am I don't have anything to prove I'm out to play, you know, and I think that's, what's really great. You know, all of my accolades, I've, I've always horsed it, you know, I've won multiple world titles, multiple U S player of the years, hall of fames. And so, I mean, I feel like I've proved it. Do I want to play great? Absolutely. Am I training to play great? Absolutely. Um, I'm just excited to play and, and experience the women's field. It was exciting at the world championships to see those big fields. Well, and let's take a step back to the fields were smaller, certainly, uh, when you battled. And uh, that's not to, obviously not taking away from the, the caliber of play that you put up, but the field sizes were smaller. What, have, what has excited you the most about the growth of disc golf and what it's meant for the women's game? And, and I'll say women's initiatives within the game. What is that? You know, you, you've... Like you said, you've been along for that ride this entire time. What does that uh, What does that mean to you? I feel like the hard work has paid off. Um, I can think of eight worlds maybe after, um, you know, the PDJ always capped the women's fields. I don't know if we would have had these big fields, but we never would know because they were such severe caps. I mean, the age-protected divisions and the women's are suffering those same caps right now. At one point, I know I wanted to sign up for masters women's and maybe there was four spots open, you know, before the cap happened. So, you know, pushing that envelope and putting those letters of discontent of, you know, stop capping us, let us see what we can do. And I can specifically remember it was 2000 and, oh my gosh, it was the year 17, 16, 15. Um, It was the Pennsylvania with Jay Gary. And he was the first tournament director that, you know, demanded to the PDJ that don't cap the women's field. And we saw a huge spike at that point in time. So for me to be able to see all of those, the Valerie Jenkins initiative with uh, the growth of the women, um, the WGE events, these are all big things that we wrote a lot of letters. There wasn't social media. So there was just a lot of internal work that went done. And so it's super exciting for me to be able to still be right at that pinnacle to experience it and not be maybe a decade older where I was just, I'm now just a hall of famer and saying like, oh, that is nice. I mean, we all should be saying how great it is that disc golf is surging. Where do you feel like your skills uh, in your game are now? I mean, you see what the ratings are, and ratings tell a part of a story, of course, and they give us a really good idea. But where do you feel like you personally, with your health, with your practice, with your newfound uh, dis and discipline, where do you find, where do you feel like your game is right now? <laughs> I don't, I guess I'll know in Waco. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
Uh, it, you know, I really, it, it's so hard to say. Um, my player rating right now is stacked against um, pretty much men's field. So it's similar mm -hmm. to even when I had player ratings uh, in my peak where we always just had the, you know, played ratings rated against the men's field. So, you know, when Val and I were rated those 967s, who knows what those actually would have been if we mm -hmm. had different sets of tees that, you know, work well with a golf par. I mean, I'm all yeah. for that. Um, so I have great right now, my, my upshots and my approaches and my putts are good. And I think that is a real big, it's always a big leveler in any division. It's a big leveler. It's extraordinary in the women's field and especially in the upshot. So, uh, you know, if I can keep dotting those parts where I lack with my age and maybe my distance, although this goat has been surprising the last two couple practice times that I've been out throwing it. I will need to be busting out my Bushnell now and uh, seeing how far they're actually throwing. I wasn't really concerned with that to start with. I just wanted to learn the flights of discs and not get wrapped up in distance. Um, so yes, to say that I'll know in Waco. Okay. Well, so keep trying as much as I can and don't miss putts. <laughs> so you say you're starting out in Waco. What does the rest of the year look like? How many of the pro tour events are you going to hit? Are you going to be like, are you are you going to be van life like like a lot of the other players that we see? What's what is <laughs> they're OG RVs? I know they're the OG RVs. <laughs> one of them. What what does it look like for you this year? Yeah, uh, yeah, really, it is an OG RV. That conk is still <laughs> rocking and rolling. I mean, it was a two thousand six seven, and uh, yeah, Jay and I toured around for twenty years. So I am fortunate enough that when I saw the Pro Tour had exemptions for the tour card, I took advantage. I applied. I met all the criteria, and I was awarded a Pro Tour card. So, with the exception of the West Coast Swing, I will be doing the Disc Golf Pro Tour. Very few silver series, but a, a few darted in between. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. And I think that pretty much takes up a lot of time. It, it, cer yeah. it certainly <laughs> does. So, uh, one of my, I guess one of my questions is, you show up to Waco, and we've asked this of other players, kind of their their dream card. And you're on a lot of those FPO dream cards. You talk to some of these women, and they're like, yeah, I want to play with, with you know Juliana and Des and Paige. Who's... When you look at the players that are out there right now, who do you want to step on that first tee with? Oh, that is a great question. I, mean, I wish you... I actually had a <laughs> list of... I would really want to put out to some of those new players that I don't know. Mm -hmm. I've played um, with Kona and some other players that are, you know, really hot and then that they're in the Pro Tour series and mm -hmm. the, uh, you know, the finals right now, or whatever we're calling the skills challenges. No, All-Star All Weekend, yep, yep. Our weekend, um, yeah. Uh, dang. <laughs> Maybe some I of the Europe. Write down the comments. Run. I don't. I really. I don't have three names that I could pull in there. The, all the names that I know that can come up to the top of my head, I've played with, and that feels cheap. So I, I need to find the new women I want to play with. Maybe some of the Europeans. They're, I think they might be. That would be fantastic. There you go. Yeah, yeah and, and and just touch on that for a moment. Clearly, the European contingency is getting stronger and stronger every single year on both the MPO, but really everybody talks about it on the FPO side. I mean, we're like, oh, yeah, there's some good, you know, MPO players over there and they'll come here and, you know, and battle, blah, blah, blah. Right now, 
anytime we're talking about competitive disc golf, it's always talking about Kristen, Evelina, Hannah, like all the, you know, three of the top women on the planet are all coming from outside of the U.S. Uh, it, it, what's your take on that? Like, what do you make of that? I think Juicy uh, over there has done a phenomenal job of really, you know, spreading uh, courses. I think that is the the power of it. There's enough of the Dismania scene out there, and they put all of those nine-hole, six-hole pocket courses, as Jay and I like to call them, and that has really just bred the, you know, contingency of it. And then we started to see, you know, in the women's shift, um, really thanks to you, Terry, and Jayavi, um, and as the PDJ grew, they started to cover the women. You know, I started when I was working with the PDJ, I tried to find some older photographs and I saw a stark um, discrepancy of just no women's photographs. It could have been at the world championship. And then we just kind of hit a nice little groove where it started to highlight that. And we saw, you know, as more women's campaigns through like Dove and athletic gear, um, people really started to utilize us as a sports um, moneymaker and it were beautiful to look at and throw, you know, form is graceful. And that's really what we're seeing. I, I think those pocket courses and embracing a powerful woman has made a huge difference. Uh, yeah. It's incredible. I think back to one of the, <laughs> one of our favorite places and uh, favorite tournament directors in, in uh, uh, mom and old man Wallace, rest in peace, you know, old man Wallace, but uh, being there in Peoria for the U.S. women's. And I got the call from the PDJ and they said, this must have been around like 2005. And they said, hey, we would like to have you as a marshal, which was a newer program. We'd like to have you at the event in Peoria. Uh, we need you to write an article and take a handful of pictures, you know, with a digital camera, which was a big deal at the time, <laughs> with a digital camera. And for all of that, we'll pay you $35 a day. And that was that was that was early disc golf media. Uh, I'll use that in all in quotes, but going to the U.S. women's um, and having that experience and then walking around and then seeing, you know, one of the biggest, best women's events really of the year, um, you know, of year after year uh was just incredible and and we've grown so much from those early days uh but you know speak to women's only events and u.s women's events which you obviously uh took home a few of those titles as well but speak a little bit to the women's only events what they mean and and where you see that they're going i know you mentioned wge but what about women's only events in general well, we're seeing a huge uptick with them. Um, it's funny you were the marshal in 2005 because probably the year before that or the year one other times, um, there was no marshals at the U.S. women's. And there was a tornado just, that happened. And uh -huh. one of the rounds got killed. And I won that year. So it would have been, I think it would have been four. Juliana was charging on me during that round that got canceled and there was no marshal there. And so old man and mom Wallace did the best they could. And there wasn't any way to phone in now that we have, you know, it was just a mess. And so mm -hmm. in retrospect, we should have continued play along with that round. And instead <laughs> it got canceled and thrown out and we have new guidelines because of that marshals are now present at women's majors mm -hmm. and yeah at one point the pdj asked me to share my title with juliana um <laughs> because of that debacle that happened you know and then my content was like well then everyone else would have to share that title which was valerie jenkins won 
Uh, I think the amateur women at that time, Kelsey Brackle was a junior player that won at that time. So we all would have had to share that title, you know, so we've come a long way with women's events since then. Um, we've got, we've learned um, as a whole with those, we have better bathroom facilities. We have a down here in Texas coming up on April 16th. We have the WTF, the Women Throwing Frisbees. It's a great event. It's hosted by women, um, for women. It's got women sponsored driven um, gear. Uh, and it opens for registration on Valentine's Day. So if any Texans or any other travelers want to come down and play this event, it's going to be at a private ranch and ran by women for women. And so women's events are a great way to get women involved. You hear it all the time. My first tournament was a women's event. When I played WGE last year, I played in a five-sum, three of them. It was their first tournament. So yeah. it, that's the way we're really going to make women feel really inclusive. And that was the beauty of the U.S. women's with old man and mom Wallace's. We always felt inclusive and we felt safe. Yeah, it's it's been incredible to see it. Now we have um, weekend after weekend, we see those little pink highlights uh, on, on the PDGA schedule that indicate a women's only tournament and then just entire weekends and, and you know, initiatives and everything completely dedicated to it. Um, I think it does yeah, mean so much for our game. Yeah, Erin Oakley, you know, another women's only. She's yep. ran great events in Michigan for women for decades now. Um, the Chick Flick also uh, has always been a stellar event in the Oregon area. So, Wisco Disco, we got we got tons of them. Um, anytime you see all those pink ones, try to check it out. And if you happen to be a local and a man, go and help support them. It really makes a big difference. Well, earlier you you were I, I mean it, it feels like you're definitely right in the saddle as you're uh, you know just lobbing out a few of our of our regular manufacturers you mentioned Bushnell along with uh, of course the goat let's talk about the disc the new disc released what this what morning. is it what does it mean what give everyone if they have no idea give everyone all the details we need all right everyone. So Mint Disc, this is what they wanted in their lineup to complete it, and it is a power distance driver. And so it's a speed 12, 5, negative 1, and 3 for all the specs out there. Um, really nice profile, not a big high dome, and not a really huge lip. Um, very similar to a Zeus. Um, you could liken it to a Destroyer. Uh, a DD3. These were all kind of, I kind of looked at different specs of different manufacturers. I've thrown those. And so I can say they're very similar. Um, but the great thing that I really like is that rim. That rim is not incredibly fat. Like I feel sometimes um, mm. big rim or fast discs are. And so it feels good in the hand. And as I'm throwing it more and more, I've been throwing it now for about a month. The last two to three times is just really starting to smash and it's just got staying power. It's cutting Texas wind. I'm going out to throw in wind now, and um, I haven't had a big power distance driver in my bag um, for years, and it's exciting to be able to have one of those in there. And us, like some others, aren't necessarily uh, too hardcore on the numbers, although they definitely give some ideas, so we appreciate it. Uh, but a, a, a final finish of a three, that sounds like it's got some significant stability at the end of it, no? Or is that it just, does. okay. 
Yes, it does. And so it, it doesn't have like a crazy like overhook, but you can get it to finish. So you can throw it on a hyzer and it's always going to track. Um, I can work it over and it's going to finish and that's really where it, it comes into. So if you work it over, you're not going to have that hard, strong finish. If you flip it up, you won't have that hard, strong finish. But if you throw it flat, you are still going to have that real more of a three is what I'm finding. Okay. Yeah. Now, I, heard, I heard somebody online today who I think got an early one somehow somewhere down in Texas. Um, mm-hmm. And they were saying that it's a great flex disc f- uh, when it's fresh out of the box, so to speak. And after a little while with a little bit of wear that it just, it flies really straight with just a little bit of, uh, I just want to say hyzer, but some old, a little bit of fade at the end um, for them. So I'm, I'm excited to get to ch- get a chance to see the goat in person. Yeah, so exactly. <laughs> so knowing you're clearly uh, one of the greatest of all time, I mean, how did the w- was this a, a a disc like you said that they had all picked out and designed and then worked on the name, or was the name just all too fitting for you? How did how did that all come about? It was just too fitting. Okay. Uh, they uh, meant. One of the distance driver, uh, they developed this great distance driver and had it in production. And the naming and when they were signing me all pretty much kind of came, as we're saying, it just all kind of came about. Um, I'm a Capricorn. Uh, I told the story as I was actually even signing and we're rolling over some new tech equipment in the house. And so as we were filtering old videos, Random enough, at the day I was signing, the video of me dancing with a goat last year, randomly just <laughs> driving in the old yellow Cadillac, buying flowers on a farm-to-market road, pulled over, it was like, goats, uh, came up on that same day. So there are so many things that worked well. And um, Power to Mint, they didn't fear putting a woman's name on there. They respected my legacy of my play, what I've done, and what I can do. And um, that that's hugely refreshing. I mean, it's so fun and uplifting to be respected for what I have done. Yeah, and, and I know we we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier. So to dig into that a little bit more, um, you know, it, it seemed like there was some reluctancy to sometimes recognize world champions, great players, and specifically world champions. And you know, we've seen you with a tour series Stingray uh, at one point, and then eventually we saw you know the uh, 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 Starfire with with Val's name on it and and whatnot. But and we've seen Juliana's name on a putter um, and on a Valkyrie at one point. But it. Yeah, well, what elaborate what does that mean you just said refreshing but what does that mean for your for your uh legacy your confidence yeah, your legacy all yeah all of those things like what does that mean to you um to have that support and that um commitment behind you i signed with them i'm i'm i am completely behind mint um because i do feel like they have my back on a lot of different things it's just I think I said it in that first bit. I'm excited. It's it's fun. It's refreshing. It's just it's as an athlete, that's all we ever want. You know, you just want the respect. You want the when you get the accolades, you want the metrics to serve you right, you know, because that's really all that you have as an athlete is you go out there and you you work hard and you try to get goals and you try to set statistics out so other people can beat them um, or maybe they don't beat them. And so what Mint did right there is they saw all my metrics and said, yeah, 
You know, we want her as a player, um, regardless of where I might be in my um, realm of playing, I'm still playing. And that's why the GOAT is so great. I mean, it doesn't, it can be the greatest of all times. Um, it can be get out and throw. I mean, I am a get out and throw GOAT. I mean, I have helped people with clinics for 20 years, you know, inspiring them to get out and throw. Um, same with Edge with over 2 million students and youth. So it's, it's, the name is perfect. Um, that it's just, it's great. Uh, and again, share as much as you wish, but with it being a signature disc, uh, is it based on uh, a, a percentage of sales that then are a kickback to you? Or did they structure your deal in a different way where they're just, you know, offering you a, um, I don't want to say just, but they're offering you kind of a flat uh, amount that they're guaranteeing for the year? Um, share as much as you wish uh, with regard to your contract. I have, a, I have a sweet deal that Innova couldn't even touch. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, yes to basically most of what you've talked about. Okay. Okay. And if you want to get one, you can go out to Mint Discs, and they've got, it looks like, five weights left. The 167 is already sold out. It's unavailable. they got 68, 69, 73, 74, and 75 in different colors. I'm not going to rattle through all the different colors for each weight. But uh, you can just click on it. And it looks like you can, at that point, pick yeah, one individual, yeah, yeah, one at a time. So uh, th- I'll follow that up well, with. Uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah. So let's uh, let's just give one away. What? Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'll give you our address. Yeah. Just send it out over. <laughs> right. Okay. Let's give one away. I like it. I love it actually. It's, how, no, how this. Yeah, do, do we have some people in the chat? I don't oh, we've got that. people in the chat. They're they're sitting there. They're like, "What a bonus giveaway that you weren't even talking about in the after show in three hours from now." <laughs> yes, sign me up. <laughs> All right, so here we go. Um, the goat is orange. Uh, here's the question: I have three of these still setting on my porch. One of my favorite things. It's a squash, gourd, and fruit. Let me know who gets it. Oh. Do you guys know? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I, I don't think so. You're going to have to message us the answer so that we can confirm here. Uh, cause... <laughs> I, I actually I should have had my sign language card on me. <laughs> yeah, that I that I I do know a little bit of sign language. Uh, <laughs> all right, I'm, I'm I'm seeing a bunch of answers. Okay, uh oh. Okay, I was going to say it looks like there's even maybe a uh an inner um uh an inner list here. All right, and it looks like it has been guessed early on. I get the okay, I get the answer. Uh yeah. Seth says all orange. Lee Redding's out on the board says orange. Uh, but JT O'Brien in my book, uh, Johnny, you can confirm. Yep, yep. yep. Looks That's like JT O'Brien on my chat board shows pumpkin. That so, is correct. JT nice. O'Brien, look at you guys. A uh, bunch of everybody. Uh, Paul said a carrot. No, that is a unique <laughs> guess compared to everyone else out there, Paul. But no, pumpkin, JT O'Brien, you are the winner. Please reach out to me. Uh, actually, yeah, reach out to me and then I'll yeah. forward it on to uh, Des. We don't, we don't want any funny business. Reach out to me and uh, we'll get your info over to Des and we'll make sure to get that out for you. Uh, JT O'Brien just goes, woohoo! Yeah! <laughs> I love it. Um, so yeah, what I was but- what I was going to follow up with, thank you first and foremost for the giveaway. Uh, thank you to yourself, uh, along with Mint. Mint as well. Um, yeah. You know, 
a couple weeks ago when we had Madison, for instance, she was looking for lighter weight. She primarily throws lighter weight, so that's what she was seeking out. Uh, have you found yourself gravitating to either a lighter weight or, or are those of any concern? Are you even looking at weights when you're picking up and throwing? What, you know, what way are you kind of leaning right now? I still throw heavy. So I okay. did think, you know, back after my hip surgery, I was like, all right, I'm going to throw some of these lighter weight Japan discs that I had had still. Mm-hmm. And I think at that time when I was, uh, throwing in of a disc, you know, and, and especially still with that 180 Stingray to go from like a lightweight 160, maybe Japan disc to this 180 disc was just, it was mayhem, it seemed like. Um, so I am still pretty much in that 170 to 172. The goats now, I am kind of smashing some 168. So I did pick up some 168s that I'm really liking. Uh, and then I guess the follow-up to all of that would be, is there any challenge with producing uh, some of the lighter weights? Uh, did they? Does Mint seem to have any um, production challenges and or, or is it just availability and time to, to have a, a, a wide variety of weight ranges? Do you know if they have any of those challenges? Um, I don't know, but I, currently they have most of their discs still run in that 168 to 175 range. So okay. that's what their um, wheelhouse in and I'm sure they're going to start working on some of those lighter weights as we're seeing shift of you know just the difference of players that are out there it would make sense yeah and and I think you know as you just described I think a lot of people whether it's a different stage in their career or uh, just they have tendencies to shift to a lighter set or a heavier set or whatever it is you know trying to be able to fill all those gaps and those places in your bag i mean sometimes we see someone will have the exact same disc but have it at three different three significantly different weights and fly you know differently for all three of them so yeah okay well um you talked about touring and and where we're going to see you playing this year of course a lot of these high level events they're not offering at of the what used to be the national tour and and of course your pro tour events. It's MPO and FPO, the the best of the best, the the open divisions. Do we see both you and Jay traveling? Is Jay going to be going to a lot of events too, or uh, are you guys going to pick and choose different ones that you're competing on on any given weekend? No, we're still rock style, you know, rock steady with the together van. So okay, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he'll be out there. Um, you know, the way it is structured right now, he is actually stuck at this weird little maybe 999.98. Um, so, <laughs> you know, it is a weird wave. Um, but we both understand that is sports. And that's how you kind of like develop a great uh, professional and elite level in sports. And so um, that's just that's where we're at right now. Okay. Um, you you said you didn't you in your... I, Totally agree. You have nothing to prove. Uh, you, you have plenty of trophies and accolades and accomplishments. You can see them. Yeah. And can, a bobblehead. You can see them. Uh, <laughs> and you have one of the only three uh, original uh, Lifetime Disc Sports bobbleheads uh, that I had created. You were in that very first set uh, yourself. Ken and Barry were the three. And then another set was never made uh, by me. So there's that. Um what would be on the bucket list? I mean, when you, when you, not bucket list, um, realistic, attainable goals. Do you think to yourself, hey, I'd love a top five finish at every event, or, uh, you know, I, I, I plan to be on the podium. Is there any, anything specific that you do kind of, you know, really want to reach out for a goal? 
I definitely want to make the tour final. And okay. so, you know, at that point, I've been just setting my goals as being in the top 10. Um, I know, you know, last year they took the top 16, so there's some leeway there. But I also know I'm not playing events, which will put you in a bit of maybe of a deficit. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't really studied all the algorithms and the mathematics that go along with uh, making it. And we're seeing larger fields, even though if they keep that same point structure, it would just be almost on par. Um, so that's the biggest goal. And yeah, I'm training still to make people say my name. So that's what I'm working on. Okay. Sure they will. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, is there any, I mean, if you can make one up or you can squash it. Is there any rivalries? You, you, maybe uh, Juliana, now that we've seen your, you guys both out there um, going uh, head to head yeah. and bringing back really all these world that. titles? <laughs> Uh, we kind of even missed each other in the end, you know, we were, <laughs> she was in, I was in, she was out, Val was in, uh -huh. I was out, Paige. <laughs> so, uh, no, I got nothing. I got nothing. Maybe, maybe Elaine King, I'm sure. I got okay. some deep to pick with her. Yeah, yeah. Everybody does. It yeah. seems like Elaine King. She's made a lot of enemies in this sport. Yeah. She's, she's, <laughs> she's <sure>. terrible. <laughs> she's just terrible. So I mean, her game, her her win count, her personality, uh, terrible. Terrible all around. Terrible. Her volunteerism. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's why we got to stick her in a booth just to get her off the course. She's, she's frustrated Pretty too many much. people. <laughs> uh, um, any, any other um, sponsorship, alignments, uh, collaborations, you know, things that you're working on that you can announce or talk about anything else uh, obviously meant you know um you know the major yeah. acquisition but you know we have a lot of accessories we have a lot of uh, other partners within disc golf ranging from shoes to bags to uh to range finders is there anyone else that you're aligning with or that you're maybe in the works with i guess i guess this is where i say i'm available uh, okay okay <laughs> yeah, yes i actually have not been to hunting those down but i i would like a new bag sponsor um so yeah i just need to maybe um pursue that a little bit more but if you guys see me out there let's let's go some bags okay <laughs> and i'm okay. always bagging that bushnell. i mean after the after we put that uh bushnell rangefinder in i'm not quite sponsored by them but i will give them a shout any day that's a game changer bushnell all day I, I couldn't agree more. They they pay me nothing, but uh, I love their product and uh, it's doing I good agree. things. So let let's let's dip into that just for a second. You're cl you're of the era that rangefinders were not allowed, allowed, just flat out like in the rules. It explicitly stated rangefinders not allowed, and now we're seeing them every single weekend. Is that just evolution? Is that just good, bad, indifferent? I mean, I know you said it's a an asset and a tool and a resource, but is it one you could have done without and just make everybody learn the course better? You know, I probably, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's made the game more dialed in. So it mm -hmm. also makes the game maybe slightly easier because of that. I can say when I really went out to train with it, it was remarkable. I took my pad of paper out there, my pencil, and I threw my discs and I charted how far they went. So then when I went to the field and saw how far that tree was, I knew how far that disc went. So it does make it a lot easier. Um, it's a rule, so I guess I'm a little bit indifferent to it, but I do feel like it has uh, shaved strokes off the game. 
um, from back when I was playing. I think it just helps you shave strokes. It's helped me shave strokes off the game. So I, it has to help other people also. And I think, I think again, we've talked about it before. We're in a slightly different era in that, you know, back then the courses weren't nearly as long. You know, we were playing True. five, six, seven thousand foot courses. And, and now we're looking at seven, eight, nine, 10, 10, 11, 12. 11. I mean, the numbers keep going up. So I can understand why rangefinders uh, are much more prevalent and useful. Because um, <laughs> it used to be there was like two holes on a course you couldn't reach. And you're like, Ooh, these are the par fours right here. And now it's, if I go to a Disc Golf Pro Tour event, I think there's probably two holes I can reach out in these, uh, in these courses. Two. Maybe. It's usually two. <laughs> Maybe two. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah certainly. Uh, <laughs> what's the state of Texas disc golf like? I know this is kind of a, a little bit off in left field here, but it, I mean, we and I, I think of Bradley Williams, you know, who played so frequently, largely in Texas. Emerson Keith, who racked up like sixty some tournaments in in one year, is just in Texas. What's what's Texas disc golf like? If people haven't been there and aren't familiar uh, with the scene. And is it, should it be its own country? Uh, <laughs> Depends who you ask. Uh, yeah. Uh, Texas is fantastic. I mean, it is huge. Disc golf has always been huge. I came down in 2001 to be a better disc golfer. Dis- disc golf was big in Texas in 2001, and mm. it has, you know, kept on pace to disc golf, if not exceeded it. We have um, – a plethora of Hall of Fame members from Andy Lehman Young, it, who has the golf course slash disc golf course at Spring Valley. Uh, we also have Gordon Maxwell Kelly, who's ran 40 plus Waterloo tournaments and helped fundraise for Ronald McDonald houses. Um, and then, you know, you talked about the players and you didn't even mention uh, Valerie and Alexis Montano <laughs> are also in our scene. We've got a new upcomer with Stephanie Vincent and mm-hmm. uh, that's going to be out on tour also. So the scene in disc golf, along with the mint disc in their hot tour that they took the hot tour over from team justice that had ran it for over a decade, but it has 16 stops. It is basically almost can be considered almost like a feeder event for the pro tour. And as we're going to see, the pro tour is going to spend a big month, pretty much the whole month of March in Texas and not just in one area it's got two distinct three different distinct scenes that you're going to experience when you see waco to tyler texas to belton and uh, all of these know each other they all help each other but they are all very distinctly independent and um really smartly run pockets of disc golf so it's it's a big event so like yeah the hot tour has 16 events and uh, it ranges from B's to A tiers, and it's basically like a confire league. It's a feeder league right now for our budding scene. Yeah, and and yeah, as uh, I certainly wasn't trying to exclude anyone, but as you said, the Manahano sisters, who are uh, a, a national force to reckon with, Mason Ford as well, and, yep. and I mean, if, and then we got to go to the throwback. I mean, Nolan Ryder. I mean, he certainly oh, that was the yeah. that, that was the name I was going to. Who still steps up and wins an occasional <laughs> open event? I know we're and, dating ourselves a little with that uh, one, but Nolan certainly a phenomenal player out there. Uh, let's uh, switch gears because that's all we love to do. I love to just jump around, but. Um, 
with you um, resigning from the PDGA and the position there, and then, of course, the organization, you and Jay, along with, uh, I think, others, and John, uh, you know, in starting the EDGE, Educational Disc Golf Experience, what are, are you now a consultant are you uh do you just help jay what, like where where is your official role or capacity if any back with edge and i hope that's not a dumb question but yeah where where is that uh yeah i'm i'm an ed- educational consultant so i am always available and i'm available um basically for any organization that needs help um so when Edge needs me, they can call on me, and I will help them. And when the PDJ needs me, they can call on me, and I will help them. So right okay. now, I'm a freelance educational consultant that is for hire. Awesome. Okay. And I am a play first and foremost right now in 2022. Yeah, the P L A Y A playa, and no, then no Terry, no. Please. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so, but I do want to touch. <laughs> What's that? Let's give another goat away. No way, another goat. <laughs> all right. Well, this time I need the answer first, so we can so all we right. can run it again. Yeah, it worked out all right. <laughs> I, I don't know if you have ten uh, percent left on my. All right, let's give something away, and then we got to then we got to also get a uh, a question or two, since I I know you know things about Edge and the press release that was out there today. So I want to quickly ask you about that. But let's let's uh, let's go with another giveaway. All right. So this is the, it's another homage to the colors. This is a purple and gold. So purple for life. Um, I was a division one college pitcher. I had a 67 a mile an hour drop ball. That was my specialty. And so when I was on the mound, what was the number I was sporting? What was my number in college? Her number she was sporting in college. I have the answer. Oh, all right. All right. That, this one I wouldn't have known. There's a lot can, of can odd trivia facts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can guess, Johnny. Guess away. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of odd trivia facts. Um, I'm gonna odd trivia. I can. I also have a, a extra one, like a hint if needed. Okay, I, I was gonna say I've got a clever hint or two. I'm not seeing any one with the correct answer until now. Yep. They came in back to back. Alfred Hernandez, that is the login. May or may not be the real name, but Alfred Hernandez, the correct answer. Des, number 12. Number 12. You're just saying that because it's a 12 speed driver. Hey, and my birthday is 1272. So there you go. <laughs> Bingo. All right. So there it is. Alfred, reach. Thank you so much, Des. Thank you, Mint. Alfred, reach out to me if you can. Uh, I'm going to put a little link there. If you click on that and then send me a message, it seemed to work earlier for the previous uh, winner. So shoot me a message, and uh, then I'll I'll get that over to Des, and we'll get you taken care of. So 12 is the number. All right, speaking of numbers, real quick, we got a press release today from Edge. Can you talk about this quickly? Uh some absurd number of, of money raised by Edge? $65,140 raised by Edge Tournament Charity Program. What the heck? How do, what does that mean? How does, how does that money get raised, Des? The, the Tournament Charity Program uh, was created. It was a brainchild of Jay himself, and he is still running this program. But it basically links um, tournaments and to 
edge and so the tournaments can use edge as their nonprofit entity and a lot of them will do anything from maybe a dollar or two ahead to a uh, drawing um, to raise money and two-thirds of the money that is generated goes into the edge uh, or I'm sorry a third of the money goes into the edge general operating fund which helps them attend conferences and meet teachers to make sure that they can award two thirds of the grant money stays in the state of origin. So that $65,000 that was raised, it will be divided into the state of origins. And so if, um, let's say Russ Burns from Dis Monkey, he has been a longtime supporter. Mm -hmm. He works um, throughout the Missouri and maybe sometimes in the Kansas. I don't think he quite dips into Texas, Arkansas. He might be in some of the Arkansas areas. And as he runs tournaments into each of those states, those will be earmarked for those states. And so I think Edge is probably over a hundred and I'm sorry, Jay's going to give you that number. $185,000 in grants so far. He gave out, the Edge gave out $185,000 oh. in grants so far to date. Wow. Through the tournament chair. Unbelievable. Just, it's all, yep. And um, I want to say most of them are PDJ tournament um, sanctioned yeah. events. Around 98% are tournament charity. That's awesome. Um, yeah, through the PDJ. That's awesome. And then also, I believe through the Amazon Smile program, people can uh, can people select Edge as an option there, too, when checking out on Amazon, right? You, yep, you surely can. Go okay. Amazon Smile. I know that's how when I shop there, you just put in educationaldiscgolfexperience.org and uh, you will find them and you can actually donate. And then you can also just go to the website and donate uh through to edge through the website itself and all those monies go right to the grant funds and if you want to do the the uh, amazon smile you do smile.amazon.com not just amazon.com you have to go to smile.amazon.com and you can set all that stuff in there Correct. and your settings so if you don't go to smile.amazon.com then you're missing out then jeff bezos just keeps smiling <laughs> and says i got you suckers yes. <laughs> i mean so if you guys wanted to donate uh, or buy stuff for like smashbox you go to smile.amazon and then you also benefit edge i mean like that's a win-win for everybody so someone buy us something yeah and then send it to us but <laughs> okay no. maybe not all right Des, did you if, say you had if you you are a tournament director you can also hook up with edge and talk about the tournament charity program they have great sponsors with bushnell uh zuka carts uh so grip equipment these are big manufacturer outside manufacturers um, in the disc golf industry that are also supporting it. So as you uh, link up with Edge, you also get great gear to support your tournament in turn for it. It's, isn't it great having like a associate producer or research and development uh, staff <laughs> member right there in house with you that's got all, uh, all the answers you need? Hey, yeah, that was a little confusing. I had to get because I was actually working out all day today when that graphic came in. He actually asked me for the photograph I took. So I was lifting free weights when I used that photograph. I actually haven't had a chance to look at it, but I do know that they had a, a smashed year this year. That's the awesome. Program at the yeah. All right. Well, you're not uh, I know you're running out of battery here on the uh, on the old tablet. Do you have anything else for us before we let you go? Uh, yeah, um, 
big shout out. I heard you open with uh, Jimmy and John, Johnny yep. and Jim um, yeah. and all of our heart attack friends that are out there. Even Jay's dad had suffered one over the weekend. So mm. it's been a pretty stressful weekend. Um, it is Heart Awareness Month. Tomorrow, I'm actually going in. I'm a universal blood donor. So I'm the universal blood type. So I encourage everybody to um, donate blood. Uh, we all need it. We've just seen it in our communities. So go out, donate and uh, thank you guys for always having me on. I think this might have been my first appearance, where it was just solo me. So it's good to see me and you too. And uh, Lee Redding, family, friends, Team P, Mint Disc, the Mint family, Jay Redding, who is my biggest supporter, and everyone else who are buying goats. You are making it happen. <laughs> Um, yeah, sometimes I can get all so goofy, but I'm very excited to go out and play some disc golf and see all the new things that are happening and see all old friends. I mean, you, you gotta love disc golf. It's a circle. It is. And disc golf, uh, you know, hashtag Frisbee family, as I say, disc golf is always here for us. And, uh, whether you're gone for two weeks or two months or two years, it doesn't matter. It's always here. And, uh, yeah, the growth Everything has been just absolutely incredible and amazing, and you've been clearly one of those staples and pillars in the disc golf community for decades now, and so excited to hear of the successes and the support that you're receiving, and we're looking forward to not only 2022, but everything beyond that as well. So thank you so much for joining us tonight. I will. Say hi to Nate and Val and all the other crew out there. We certainly will. All right, everyone, that's the GOAT. Des Redding, thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll see you in Waco. See you in Waco. And see you guys in Iowa. I love my Iowans. Yep. <laughs> Des Moines Challenge. <laughs> love it. See ya. Stay yes. mint. Stay mint? Yes, that's, that's the, the phrase. That's the catchphrase? I, I hope I don't get sued for it, but I borrowed it. I know she's she's said it, I've so I feel her, like I've I can. I've heard her say it. Yes, stay mint. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And we have a ton of people that were out there um, that are following along. Thank you guys for joining us here tonight. As Death said, she's been on the show, but it's usually we, we get the tandem. We get both of them giving us the insights, mm -hmm. her and Jay. So uh, more than happy to give Des uh, the full spotlight she deserves. It's nice to, you know. <sighs> Kind of shuffle Jay to the side a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, simmer <laughs> down. Hey, you in the peanut gallery over there. Uh, <laughs> well, it's got the cheap seats yeah. yelling at us. Uh, when we need answers, we'll ask you a few questions. <laughs> All right, simmer down back there. But seriously, thank you guys uh, so much. And, Phenomenal. And, uh, um, get, go out, get yourself a goat. Uh, obviously, pick up some other stuff in their lineup if you want. Or just buy like 12 of those. Show up to the course and be like, this is all I, this is all I need, got right? 12 goats. <laughs> Let's do it. We, we got an entire herd of them ready to go. Uh, but uh, I believe we had two winners. Uh, I know one at least has reached out already, and we'll uh, we'll make sure we get the other one as well, and then we'll get that forwarded on. Uh, and then, guys, just because Des jumped on here and gave away a couple discs doesn't mean we won't have our regular giveaway. That will still tonight come at in you tonight. in the after show. That's right. So Alfred Hernandez, who won, make sure you reach out to Terry via Email, social media, Facebook, however you want yeah. to reach out to Terry. If you need, if you need a, uh, uh, any help go. with that, please, by all means. Looks like Alfred, Alfred has, uh, as well as uh, JT O'Brien. And I'm going to just acknowledge that I got the goat. Phenomenal. All right, Terry, right before uh, Des jumped on, you had asked me about the Samui swine. Uh. And I pulled up the am. But now I've got the pro event which was run on february 5th and 6th taking home the open championship 
was uh is that Tommy? We'll go with that. Latonin? Maybe maybe it's Tommy, but it's uh it's out of Finland, so it could be could be Tommy out of uh like I said, I think out of where does that say? Yeah, Turku, Finland. Yep. Uh second place, Danny Diaz. Who was wearing a shirt, by the way? I heard. Good job, Danny. That's a new thing, huh? <laughs> Danny Danny likes to play shirtless. But PDJ sanctioned play. Gotta wear a shirt. That a boy. <laughs> Third place, uh Piche Pantorat. Gonna massacre some of these. Uh fourth place, Nolan Cope. And tied for fifth. Uh, I'm not even going to know. Congratulations <laughs> to the two gentlemen tied for fifth. <laughs> uh, and the open women. Terry, I think I'm going to leave this one with you. I think you uh, that know. That is View Giorgio. Congratulations, View. You're the local right there in Samui. Uh, taking it down quite handedly. What were those ratings, just out of curiosity? I'm, I'm guessing they were pretty competitive. 873 and then a 949 and 873. So uh, going out there and getting it done on our home course. Congratulations to View. And uh, again, I'm I, it's with a very heavy heart that I am not still there right now in Thailand. It was uh, with a tight timeline and the All Star Weekend and some ambiguity about my my needs in in the All Star Weekend and whatnot, uh, along with some travel restrictions. They clearly were it was available to go, but there was additional restrictions. And then with a timeline and everything else, and like I said, a little bit of ambiguity and uncertainty about about my uh, my obligations. Uh, I, I thought I of you it. earlier today when I got an email from one of our employees at my nine to five who went to Panama, and mm. she's like, she said for for two years now I've uh, avoided COVID. I just tested positive on the day I'm supposed to leave. Mm. I'm stuck here for the next ten days. In uh, Panama. In Panama. Okay. Okay. Which there could be worse places to be stuck, just like you know, if you're in Thailand. But I thought about that for you. Like, had you somehow contracted or caught it in Thailand, and then you'd be stuck there for extra amount of time. So she is stuck in Panama. Uh, she was asking me some questions about VPN and all those other technologies and stuff to get uh, to get she her just work wants done. To, her Netflix to work done there. Right? Well, I mean, gotta <laughs> you got to keep up with the. I don't even know what's on Netflix right now, but you got to keep up. All right. Well, so congratulations. I I can't say it enough. I have fostered some amazing relationships. Uh, I've known Luke Butch over there for many years, but also Nigel and just the entire crew uh, that is, um, you know, part of the event in any way, shape or form. It's truly heartbreaking to not be there. And uh, I I know it sounds like maybe a first world problem to say I didn't get to go to Thailand, but it is with really a heavy heart that I wasn't able to go. And some of our friends like Johnny Rumble and, and Gary to the O who I know uh, interest. And I think you're going to see a huge surge of people uh, trying to get over there next year for the 2023 iteration, myself included. So, uh, and speaking of international players, uh, a gentleman that when I was in Thailand two years ago, I covered the event, and then the very next week uh, had the pleasure of flying into Taiwan, and that's where we still had uh, the likes of Philo, James Conrad, pre-world champion James Conrad, um, along with Nate Perkins, and we they all went and competed in Thailand, or uh, sorry, Thailand and then Taiwan, and I got to cover that event, but the superstar that came of that event was then none other than Jackie Chen. And Jackie he, Chen arrived in the U.S. this weekend, didn't he? He did. He arrived a few days ago, um, and immediately, as disc golfers are wont to do, uh, got into a tournament, or was probably already 
registered. Uh, but he played the La Mirada Golden State Open, powered by Innova Discs. And he did not play so well. <laughs> um, no. uh, he missed. He actually missed cash. He was wow. 49th place, shot a seven over. And I've seen a few things on the internet like, oh, clearly this guy's not as good as everyone says, this and that. Let me put it this way. My guess, and I've said this about a few of the, uh, most of the international players, that first week they're here has got to be extremely difficult. No matter which side of which ocean you come from, that's a big time change. Not only that, but you're stepping into, you know, a relatively new environment, courses you don't know, situations you've never been in, cameras that you're not used to being put in your face. My guess is that we're going to see Jackie probably shoot better than the, uh, you know, wh- whatever average he shot. I think it was like 970 golf he had shot this weekend. Um, he clearly has the capability to do so. And... Let me look here. Jackie, I feel like I'm... Yeah, you got it right there. there. Uh, yeah, uh, nine, 948 and 969. So, And I think you're going to see that with some of the Europeans as well. If they don't get over here with a few weeks ahead of time before Las Vegas, I think they're going to struggle in Vegas. Yeah. And- a, a, a totally different climate than probably what they're coming from. <laughs> Most of the Northern Europeans right now are probably sitting in the middle of winter. Plus, the huge... Uh, 12 13 hour time difference probably from vegas over to wherever in europe they may be Mm -hmm. so don't be shocked if we see some of these europeans come over and struggle that first weekend and maybe not pick it up until belton waco memorial whatever event they decide that they're going to end up playing next yeah and and, you know we could tie that directly too and of course they want to get here as soon as possible within reason and as the board has said ryan pilcher and others you know his flight landed a a day or two before the event he had to then learn the course and then go out and compete on it uh la mirada is not exactly an easy track (laughs) to just go out and get dialed in on plus you're suffering from the the jet lag and the change in temperatures and climate and and all that other stuff and not not that we need to make an you know uh, an excuse for him but clearly there were a number of factors uh that in a perfect world had he been here three four days in advance he might have been a little more acclimated and i think we would have seen i mean go check the footage he is obviously uh an incredibly gifted and talented player player and and it's not like he just bested one decent player nate perkins philo brathwaite james conrad all were along with others was it barsby as well uh or was, no barsby no. was not at that one okay. um uh, manabu was also manabu. there i mean he played incredibly solid golf uh, a couple of years ago and so I, I don't second guess at all his skills and think that any of it was inflated or made up or or in any way, shape or form, some kind of a fluke. I think it was more of getting adjusted to here uh, with all the things that mm-hmm. go along with that kind of travel. So um, look for him to still perform quite well uh, in the future uh, once he's. And I think about Kristen Tatar for everything you just said real quick. At Worlds. She, she came to the Worlds. And again, coming from. Played well, but. Th- th- uh, their environment and everything that they were dealing with then the humidity uh challenged by then uh altitude and traveled by challenged by even the travel if i recall she Mm -hmm. had a hard time there was a possibility she wasn't going to make it to worlds in time yeah because they had with the covid at the time and and the delay so yeah there's just uh there were a lot of things going on and that that has to be taken into consideration and uh, we'll see if that means any of the players get here a little bit earlier or not, if that's even a possibility. A possibility. And sometimes they just have to take what they can get. And 
So let's talk a little bit about the La Mirada Golden State Open powered by Innova. The people who did cash. Um, let's talk in the open field. Jacob Curtis. Cupcake. Cupcake winning this event. He's a 995 rated player, but he shot a 1030 and a 1044 rated round. Followed up by Texas's own Bradley Williams, who shot a 14 under, so losing to Cupcake by two strokes, shooting a pair of 1030s. Jacob Gonzalez in third, a three-way tie for fourth between Parker Welk, Luke Sampson, and Chris Kesseloff. Seventh place. Good friend of ours, Bobby Music, kind of vanished from the scene for a few years, just maybe playing some more local events. He There was a, a, a big move for him to actually get on the road a few years ago mm-hmm. and play, and that didn't really, uh, that kind of fizzled out. But hopefully we're going to see a little bit more of Bobby because he's such a phenomenal player. Uh, 10-24 and 10-17. It's like right across the street from his house, as we said. Uh, and finally, three-way tie for eighth, Mike Sale, Chris Pinegar, and Clint Calvin. So congratulations to the Open Winners. Funny, funny enough. Quote quickly. Uh, sure. I'm talking to Cupcake at the Maricopa event, and we were going. Yeah, he didn't. He had a one of the rounds was really good. He also had a really solid. He had the best round, I believe, to finish out at the Shelly Sharp a few weeks prior to that. And he's like, I don't know what it is. Blah blah. blah. He goes, I feel like I'm so much better than 995. And then you see him go a week later after not quite getting it done in Maricopa. You see him come back a week later and taking down quite a few players that are rated significantly higher than him. Uh, so big shout out. Congratulations to him. And on the FPO side, you were saying on the FPO side, own Scoggins crushing, winning by 11 strokes over Danielle Cleden. I think that's pronounced right. Uh, third place. Violet Main, fourth place, Carissa Deadman. Congratulations to the open women who cashed at the event. So Own continuing her uh, her reign of terror <laughs> in California, shooting a 948 and a 969. So congratulations to Own. And good to see her playing some golf that she's certainly capable of. I feel like the last couple of events that I've seen her play in Arizona, she's not played up to her uh, full potential and capabilities. So uh, that that's exciting for me to see her play, uh, at least at her rating or just above. Um, hopefully, any kinks she had might be worked out now. Yep. So, all right, very cool. And then to see. Uh, next weekend, a lot of pros moving over to what has in the past and kind of I guess is now again traditionally been the warm up to the tour, which is the wintertime open, mm-hmm. and that's being run this year by our our, our good friend Stevie Rico. So he is actually not going to be able to chance, not going to be able to play that event for the first time in like twenty years, twenty three years or something along those lines. Yeah. Um, so shout out to Stevie for taking that step to the said, the next level of disc golf, <laughs> where now you are you are you you get to understand what it's like on this side of the uh, the picnic yeah. table. <laughs> yeah, and Steve has certainly uh, you know been involved with running a number of events, and of course, Legacy has been a, an incredible sponsor at a ton of events. Mm-hmm. But uh, to be one of the head point men uh, as a tournament director of such a iconic and legendary event, uh, I wish we wish you the best of luck. Most certainly, uh, him along with. Uh, Mike over there at Pin Deep Disc Golf. So best of luck to you guys. All right. Uh, That was about it in terms of tournament play this weekend. There wasn't uh, a lot of other things that jumped out. And naturally, we had... 
you know, originally there were some uh, adjustments that were made, I think, in terms of scheduling. Disc Golf Con was supposed to be starting uh, up here soon, and I know that was factoring into how a few tournaments got scheduled, and unfortunately Disc Golf Con, uh, you know, officially postponed into the 2023 season. So, um, you know, and, and reaching out, I know someone had asked uh, again, you know, where's where's Waisaki, uh with regard to the All-Star weekend, and he confirmed yet again how scared he is. How scared he is, and also that he really <laughs> said uh, that he just wants to make sure all of his discs are dialed in. Yeah. You know, he's uh, you know obviously wants to come out with a bang, and in this season, and then learning going back to a, a trilogy uh, based sponsorship, we'll say, uh, just wanted to make sure he's dialed and ready to go. And the, these guys will probably never truly admit it, but. There is a two-way street for these big events like this where when you move to a sponsor, so for instance, we'll say a Haley King moves to Innova, there's a, I think there's a little pressure there to perform at these big events where your sponsor is a huge thing. Yeah. And I think vice on the opposite side, vice versa, I bet you moving away from that particular sponsor, there's maybe a little bit of extra bite in Ricky to try to win it to, I don't want to say show them up, but just kind of put you, Nothing he needs his name out there, um, but just kind of there's extra. I'll say there, there's a little bit of extra drive to to win this event. Victory when, would taste a little sweeter, maybe just a little bit. Okay. So, and uh, I, clearly, I don't think that's why he's skipping the All Star event. But Ricky is the type of person where the the golf that matters comes first, and the All Star event is really more so just a. Uh, uh, it's the exhibition. It's the cupcake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want to get too weird with this. All right. Uh, this weekend, as we were talking about a little bit earlier, uh, we also had uh, some of the pre-production meeting uh, going on for this upcoming weekend. But essentially, we're going to see press conferences of sorts. Uh, that take place on both Wednesday and Thursday. There's so many players that they're broken up into two different days, so that makes perfect sense, make it a little more digestible for everybody. That's Wednesday and Thursday. Thursday night, we're going to see a live draft of the players where the captains will each then be picking uh, the players for their teams. And then on Friday, we're going to see various skills challenges taking place, some accuracy, some putting, things of that nature, uh, I believe along with some distance. And then um, we see some more of the traditional style golf that will unfold on Saturday and Sunday, uh, things getting kicked off. Uh, I'm going to say relatively early, um, both of the days, and I think I heard 8 a.m. Uh, start on on both days, Saturday and uh. Sunday at least. That's 8 a.m. Uh, mountain Time, so Tucson time, which is even earlier for me in the West Coast. And uh, also, then of course, I don't know how much consideration was taken in, but we're going to see the. Super Bowl thing. Can we say that without getting sued? The <laughs> superb owl, as some people joke. <laughs> exactly. Uh, will take place on Sunday night, but uh, should be pretty exciting weekend. Uh, I, I'm excited to see the format. I'm excited to see the drafting and what that means see, for the players. See if all the players show up. Uh, there's, there, I, I think they're all locked in uh, mm, that I, are that are, are currently listed. Mm, you're you're thinking otherwise. Uh, I, I, what I do heard, you know, Johnny? I heard a rumor that somehow Double G might be playing. Um, I don't know about that. I don't know about that either. But that was uh, <laughs> that was just something. There's I a heard. lot of rumors going around. So there's we'll some see. things I know. All right, good. 
right. Well, hopefully everyone. Some things I can share. Some things I can't. <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully I did miss a production meeting today. So yeah, what do you know? It really? might have been in. It might have been in there. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I mean, I am excited about this format because it is going to be a little something different. So. Okay, looking forward to it. Uh, some news that kind of, I, I don't know, I can't say it broke, so to speak, but uh, Eagle McMahon talking about why he's missing a lot of the um, Texas swing mm. in that he's still having issues with his forehand. It, his his shoulder still isn't completely healed. He, he says he feels 100% backhand, but his forehand still isn't uh, up to par, so to speak. Mm. And he feels that with the Vegas event, he doesn't need to throw forehand very frequently, but the Texas events they are. So he wants to give his forehand a little bit more time to heal. Hmm. So just kind of be aware of that out there. If you're uh, for some reason, you may have a little money on the line. I don't know. Or a lot of money. Or a lot of money. I hope <laughs> <Okay>. so. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then also, I, I know some clarification was made. Paul not visiting or going to be in attendance for the All-Star Weekend. No. Uh, you know, he had some obligations that he had made some plans, vacation and whatnot with his family. Um, and wanted to, I don't want to say stick to those plans, but yeah, stick to those plans that were uh, obligations that were made prior. So um, that's why you're not seeing... Two of the sports best here in the All-Star Weekend. What's the next evolution for the All-Star Weekend for you, Johnny? Is there, Ooh. I mean, do we have to, well, first of all, do we have to wait to see what this weekend does and the adjustments, mm-hmm. the things that were learned in last year's iteration versus this year, but is there is there a pinnacle? Is there something that you would really love to see that's maybe not yet implemented? I haven't honestly thought about it. We saw last year, obviously, there was a lot of, uh, uh, discussion about the format in that it was the doubles event mm-hmm. and half the time we didn't get a chance to see a lot of the doubles teams due to timing and the number of cameras we have and however that worked and a lot of people kind of had suggested a skills challenge including myself mm-hmm. that we'd like to see one and now we're going to see one i think adding the draft is definitely a, a different uh, wrinkle but is there something that we're missing from the all-star event. I can't think of anything. Yeah. Um, it will be, I think timing is always going to be the question of, is it something that we could see mid mid off season? If that's a thing, uh, as opposed to just kicking off the season, is it just makes sense that we have it here and now because it leads right into the natural progression of the season, getting started and the media components to it. Like, with all of the other things that we do mid-season, I kind of do like the all-star event at the beginning of the season. I think that's a good spot because we have seen in the past we've got the uh, uh, the skins or the match play, excuse me, not the skins, but the match play event um, that, that is in the middle mm-hmm. of the season. I don't know if they're doing it this year, but the Celebrity the Pro-Am, Pro-Am. Uh, if that's going to happen again this year. Uh, it it feels like unless you were to pair somehow the celebrity pro am with the all star event, I could see those two pairing relatively well, and, and making a weekend of that. Maybe you do the all star event on you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then the celebrity pro am on a Sunday. Mm. Some something along those lines, but. You might get better attendance if it's in the middle of the season. You might get better attendance if it's a pro am, in that some of our pros may want to. Uh, be involved if there's celebrities involved as well. Sure. 
So I could see that pairing well and that being an iteration of this in the future. But honestly, I think the I, I like the All-Star. If the All-Star event is separate, I like it in the beginning. If you're going to pair it up with a Celebrity Pro-Am, maybe in the middle of the season. But when you run into the middle of the season, at that point, you, you are really in the... Um, in the throes of a few major uh, sporting uh, seasons. Sure. You know, right now we, we have the only thing going on right now is, I mean, really, truly basketball football is mostly done until except for the Super Bowl. But I don't think we're getting any Super Bowl players in our <laughs> thing. <laughs> but we do have a few basketball players that w- that, the, mm-hmm. that some of our players have, uh, have have reached out to. So and I know they, they would like to be involved. But yeah, if you get into summer, then you're bringing in the baseball season, unless you do it right around the all-star break, which is what we did this past year with Celebrity Pro-Am, which is why we were able to get uh, like Dylan Cease in there. It's very difficult because I feel like you're always going to leave some. Yeah, there's always going to be some of our professional athletes. Yeah, because we've got as well, you know, it worked out for, um, ah, I'm forgetting his name of the hockey player. Um, Oh, Casey DeSmith. Yeah, Casey DeSmith. It worked out really well for him because it was his offseason. Sure. So uh, you're just going to run into something no matter what you do. Uh, but I, I do kind of, I do kind of like my idea of pairing it together on one you weekend. You would like your idea. Well, uh, I, I do because then it's less work for me too. It's one less weekend. Uh, I want to throw out there that uh, one of the things I picked up during our production meeting earlier is the course this weekend is not going to be incredibly long i i don't know any i have not seen any kind of preview i believe that it's been uh, played before or some iteration has been played before for other tournaments all i can say is if i'm just looking at the numbers that i'll share with you it's not incredibly long it is listed as a par 57 8600 feet and i don't know if we have I can't run any numbers. I'm not real smart like that, but I'm guessing that would be on the shorter side of any of the courses that our players would see at a pro tour based event this year. Um, so 8,600 feet on the MPO side, it's a listed as a par 60 and 7,800 feet, essentially 7,900 feet on the FPO side. So I just wanted to throw that out there, which to me is, you know, we talk about it all the time, uh, 280 foot holes, 380 foot holes, 349, 425, 297. When I'm looking at some of those, I'm thinking, that's awesome. I want to see ace runs. I want to see, mm-hmm. you know, disc come crashing in at the basket and people being able to attack, um, you know, in, in, in one shot. I mean, that's a little bit older style golf, but um, looking forward to seeing how it's going to play out this weekend. I see a par five or a par four at 910 yeah, for feet. This, for this all-star event. Yeah. We're should, not out here to. No, you should probably have one par five, two or three par, uh, maybe four par fours, and then a bunch of medium to longer par threes. Yeah. I'm I'm totally good with that and looking forward to it. We're not out here to <laughs> to overexert or kill our players in any capacity or even uh, really stress them. In any capacity. This is really a fun exhibition matchup. Now, the question I think that becomes, and maybe that goes into the the format and the strategies is, is there anything that could be gained or earned at the All-Star weekend that could somehow benefit you later in the year, um, you know, outside of a... Maybe. maybe I think... A the pairing skill- or a seeding of something else nah. later or anything else that it could have any impact on. I think the skills challenges, honestly, if if you win in this lineup, the putting championship, so to speak, we'll call it, or the accuracy, 
I think that could kind of carry along a little bit of weight, at least maybe in the public's eyes, of your capabilities. Mm. And we know all these all these guys and gals are are phenomenal. But I could see that. Although we did last year see Kona, who won doubles, she kind of, I feel like, maybe used that momentum and ended up playing well at Vegas and then winning Waco. Mm-hmm. So as a player, if if you do perform well in the singles event... Maybe that is a a, a, yeah, that's a push. A, yeah, I was gonna say that's but, an internal, you know, made motivator or. I would or hope boost. that these. I would hope that these players don't need any of that at this point in their careers. <laughs> but it also doesn't hurt to best the best in your field. <laughs> uh yeah. Well, looking forward to it, and uh, needless to say, it'll be certainly exciting this weekend. And as I mentioned, I'm excited to be uh, traveling to Bend, Oregon, and calling the shots with Nate and Val. There was a little uh, recap that was put on last out there on the Disc Golf Pro Tour social media today about the playoff that uh, went down between Paul and Calvin, and uh, you know, finishing up out at Fountain Hills and then going over to Hole One, where we've seen some pretty epic shots and playoffs throughout the years. Uh, and give me the, uh, the the chills for just a little moment. That exciting anticipation of playoff golf uh, on that side. Kona, on the other hand, was like, uh-uh, I'm getting it done now. Just gonna just gonna finish. I'm just it. Gonna get it done. I was thinking about the All Star event real quick, and of the skills challenges, I don't like. I think they're doing some sort of distance combined with accuracy. I think more more along the lines of, you know, you have to land within a certain area or you lose points. I think just in general for this All-Star event at the beginning of the season, just completely scrap any sort of distance. Because mm, you don't want them you, you, hurting no, themselves no potentially. Play, yeah, uh, no player exerting. really probably wants to tr- try to throw as far as they can a week or two before the events. I think finding something else, I, I really love accuracy and I love the putting, uh, m- maybe find some other skill, uh, scramble, make, maybe make it kind of like the the edge, edge. challenge mm-hmm. that we see, you know, forehand roller, backhand roller, thumber, all these other little things that we could do. But distance big just, d in the desert isn't what you're looking for yeah honestly it's not i, I think that the I, I just i hate the idea of a distance competition when it's not probably really and i'm not saying it's not but super well thought out planned uh landscaped leveled all that stuff i worry about a little bit of our of our pros just doing something dumb and hurting themselves well i'll give you the the high level overview like you said the putting is going to have six different stations ranging from uh, a 20 foot elevated basket all the way to a 66 footer uh, as a bonus uh, we're going to see a couple of accuracy stations uh, with various mandos and then um, throwing in different shots kind of the way you're describing mm-hmm. and then a straight up distance competition oh it is straight up distance I there know. is one that's going to be okay. uh, where you get to keep the biggest throw uh, or max distance wins and uh, mm. that may still have some parameters in terms of the accuracy portion i had originally heard it was going in any to do direction that, but but, um, but maybe but maybe i'm wrong there so we shall see looking forward to it yeah some ring of fires that's, uh, that's <laughs> <laughs> just think think how long some of those could go like all right nine of you out of ten are still in 
All right, nine nine out of ten are still in. Everybody take a step back. Eight, eight out of ten of you are still in. Yeah, that could go on for a long, long time. And speaking of going on for a long time, I think we can wrap up our regular show right now. Let's do we're it. Gonna, we're gonna get at it a little earlier. I and mean, we've got to really prep for that all star weekend. So we're gonna we're gonna call the regular show a little bit early. We'll what are come we, back. What are we giving away in the after show, Terry? Well, you would not believe we've actually have we have uh, a number of giveaways. We're gonna do two different things tonight. I had Des Redding reach out. She said, guys, I, I won three world titles. I'm going to give away three discs tonight. Okay, she didn't say that, but I'm going to put two and two together, one and two, uh, whatever. She's giving away another disc. She reached out privately and said, what? I've got another goat to give away. So we're going to do that. Uh, we're going to make sure to give that away. And then another, uh, I'm going to call it a hot disc at the moment. It flies uh, considerably different than the goat. So um, <laughs> uh, this will be exclusive to our Patreon subscribers. Uh, I've brought in one of the personal ones that I had picked up and purchased. Uh, good friend of the show, Paul Uliberry. Uh, we've got one of his Captain Raptors. Those were released a few days ago. Again, it's going to fly quite differently than the GOAT. So that's why you might need to go pick up both. But uh, we're going to have a lucky winner uh, from our Patreon giveaways that uh, will be eligible for that Captain's Raptor. Um so that will be there, too. We're going to call it for the regular show. As we said, we've got the after show. We'll talk about disco related things and otherwise. We've got giveaways, so we know you're coming back just for those. We've got Johnny V, myself. Thank you to Des Redding, and uh, so great to catch up with her. And as we said, she's going to be representing with the after show giveaway. This has been Podcast 389. Don't go too far, because we'll be right back with the after show. You step inside the Smashbox. Thank you to our $2 and above patrons. Your name is listed below in the credits. If you are interested in being listed as a producer in the Smashbox TV credits and supporting this and other fine podcasts, please visit patreon.com slash smashboxtv.